0: Hey guys, it's Josh. A special episode in coming to you. Uh, it was an interview that John and I did with a friend of mine, whom I met on Twitter, Zaid Dahaj, a uh, really, really uh, motivational, inspiring, deep-thinking uh, young man, I should say. Uh, we had a great conversation on a variety of topics: self-discipline, society, social media, among them, you know, the usual stuff. Uh, without further ado, cue the music. Us off. So, so I was I was sort of explaining you know our, our sort of budding uh, romance on Twitter to, yes. uh, to to John here. John has like so many questions, so I, I feel like John should be our audience for the show. But I'm uh, the
1: audience, yeah, you guys take the lead. I'll just be the, the voice in the crowd. Uh, yeah, Troopi man. Told it. us this was all Josh reaching out to you, and uh, I, I I love it. I love the concept. I I actually intentionally didn't look into any of your work. Uh, just strictly so I can have an open mind and kind of organically have a conversation and meet you that way without having any preconceived notions or anything like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really nice how, how it all just came together naturally. So
0: yeah, Zaid, so, uh, introduce yourself to John and the people, what what should we know?
2: So, you know, of course the name is Zaid. Um, I come from Southern California. Uh, as you guys, as, as we mentioned before, I do have a dual background. So my dad was from Jordan and my mom is from Minnesota here. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, my main topics, I, I, I would be classified. I would be categorized within the personal growth movement. But I mainly sure. focus on topics such as self-discipline, excellence, mm-hmm. um, health, things of that nature. So that's, that's just a, a brief description.
0: That's awesome man How would you get into it?
2: How did I get get into uh health specifically or
0: yeah, just, just in ev- general? everything you do online, man it's fascinating you know, right. was this was this sort of your calling? like did you always know this is what you were awesome at?
2: well you know to be to be honest the whole the whole personal growth and health health thing started when I was in high school, so around sophomore year of high school um, and then the whole online Twitter thing probably flourished within the past few months Mm -hmm. so like i said it came very naturally and it like you said it did feel like a calling to me it just it just started to work out
1: that's awesome did you have one moment where you had sort of a kairos experience where you kind of had a moment of understanding and said you know what this is it or some kind of event that might have triggered that
2: i would i would say when when my not specifically one moment Mm -hmm. it was just the general progression of my following. I understood that people, you know, they 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 understood my voice and, you know, I was just slowly gaining a following over time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was it was a natural progression.
0: That's pretty cool. uh, Let's let's start with the background, man, because because for us, for John and I, we we come from similar and different backgrounds. And something we really talk a lot about is how our our backgrounds and how our immigrant parents really distilled so much of what we now have a hard time understanding, you know, culture through the lens of how we were raised. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. t- talk to us about, you know, Jordanian, obviously there's, you know, I, I, I'm Iranian, John is Greek. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're not that far off the Mediterranean, but, yeah. you know, you know, tell us about, you know, how your background sort of manifests in your life every day. And, and you know, sort of like contrast that with where we are in millennial culture, just at large. And, and what you notice as as large difference.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I have been fortunate to visit Jordan about 17 times now. Oh, that's awesome. That's so great. Yeah.
0: Tell us about Jordan. With, <laughs> Forget well, the I question. With,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't been there within the past five or six years, but I still maintain a good grasp of the culture there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, So, you know, a lot of the culture is based off of respect, based off of honor. Uh, Self-discipline is actually a main component of the culture there, mm-hmm. along with um, a deep, a deep family orientation. Mm. So, so for example, with the whole family dynamic, uh, literally every night there would be maybe 30, 35 people, you know, all related to each other. We would sit down and we would have a meal together uninterrupted for about two hours.
0: Wow. So yeah, like if you lived in Jordan today.
2: Yeah. I mean, like I said, I haven't been there in a while, but usually it maintains throughout. Yeah.
0: Wow. And, and then, um, yeah go ahead no no so so is is that something you carry your family carries on
2: uh well my family back in jordan yes uh not my family in the states though
1: right
0: with,
2: with the states it's a bit more separated it's a bit more mm-hmm. individualistic
1: what do you think makes it more individualistic do you think that uh there's a more of a communal sort of uh living back home where people have more each other's backs as opposed to here. So they find that they're strongly bonded more because I experienced the same thing as when I go back to Greece, there's Mm -hmm. more of these family sort of gatherings in excess of like six people here. It's usually your immediate family, brother, sister, mom, dad kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I I would definitely agree with that. Very, very communal. Um, People are just much closer together. Usually people live much closer together. Uh, mm-hmm. So, for example, my whole family would be living within maybe a three mile radius back in Jordan.
1: Right. That's so true. Yeah.
2: And then here, you know, you're separated. You're, you're in the yep. East Coast, you're in the, on the West yep. Coast, you know, so that's a big part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Zeta, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know uh, how religious you are, but I can tell you that sort of a, a common theme that John and I have explored is that you know, what we touched on is there's sort of a dilution of culture, right? So yes. if you if you ask my family, like, what was it like in Iran, you know, 35 years ago? Obviously, there's a difference between what's it like in America today. So we all share that common experience. And <clears throat> the thing that I've noticed is that so my family is very religious, uh, uh, very Orthodox Jewish, <laughs> A lot of the tight-knit culture remained in my family simply because that's sort of what religion dictates, right? Like yes. on Saturday, it's Shabbat, so you have to sit down and have a meal with whomever is in your vicinity, right? You can't drive. There's no cell phones. Everything's off. So I'm wondering, you know, is religion you know, a big part of your family life, and have you found that religion really is sort of a glue uh, in that respect?
2: I do agree with, with the idea that religion is a glue uh for me personally i'm not i relig- 'm not that religious. I did come from a very religious background um i don't i don't i'm not sure if I mentioned this to you, but I did grow up in a muslim uh, middle school for most um, of my mm-hmm. life I
0: had no idea wow
2: yeah so that went up to i mean kindergarten all the way up to eighth grade wow and then yeah that was that was a definitely a major influence it i mean it allowed me to to experience the religion or like the religious aspect. But, you know, I just never really felt a connection with it personally.
1: Mm -hmm. You know what I find very interesting is that all three of us, I think, have had a sort of religious education uh, background. Right. Because, Josh, didn't you have uh, you went to Jewish Mm -hmm. university, right?
0: I actually had a strict Jewish education past high school. So middle school, high school. And then I studied in Israel for a year and a half. The first time I ever sat in a co-ed classroom was when i met john and and my wife like in that room so i was i was was 24 25 i had never sat in a classroom with a female in my life
1: very interesting
0: yeah very interesting yeah so how so this is super interesting right how much of your family like how much of is there a disconnect like is your family is your are your parents more religious than you are and is that sort of a a source of of contention or disconnect
2: (laughs) Uh, so, so my mom. Well, it's it's actually pretty fascinating. The whole dynamic really centered around my father, who is now passed on for about a couple of years.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, I can
2: thank you. Thank you guys.
1: I um, can definitely relate.
2: Yeah, uh, he actually passed of of his second heart attack. So that's actually one thing that got me into health.
1: Ah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's very cool. Yeah. That's good. Use it yeah. as a force for good and growth. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. Exactly. But
2: just to go back to the original question. Um, so he was very he was deeply religious. He was very he was well into the Muslim tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I followed suit. But like I said, I never I never had any connection with that. And my mother was also she, of course, she came from Minnesota. So she wasn't she wasn't that religious, um, not, not from not at least from what I know. But then she slowly followed my my father into the religion of Islam. And then after his passing, she actually, she, she went back and forth in mm. between like following practices and then not following practices. But mm. it's it's just an interesting observation I've had.
0: That's so interesting, right? That, that's yeah. such a common theme that we found with everyone we speak to. And just John and I have learned so much about ourselves talking to each other about mm-hmm. each other's lives. And it, yeah. the more we expand and talk to like really smart outward thinking people like yourself, the more we realize the, the experience is common, right? It's, I mean,
1: it's a very I mean, similar story, just different characters, right? It really and, is. It really is. And,
0: and we love discovering that, right? And the more we discover that, the more we learn about like how much, how much there is to learn about everything that's around us. Yeah,
2: I, I definitely agree on that. And, and, you know, I also see this play out within the family dynamics of my friends as well. Yeah. So like you said, it, it's it's different. Defi- it's definitely cross-cultural and it's a main it's a main thread
1: in terms of your friends, family dynamics. Are they mostly, quote unquote, Americanized uh, or American families or are they sort of uh, intergenerational, if you will? Or how would you describe them? Because for me, most of the community that were my uh, friend groups and, and peer groups or mm. either. uh quite frankly, Italian. So they maintained some of that sort of old world tradition, or they were basically what you would call quote unquote white Americans. And that was even as not necessarily a minority. I obviously that I am, I'm not, uh, I'm still a white male, but at the yeah. same time, uh, I felt, uh, not fully accepted by them sometimes and felt different or as the other, because I had some of these, you know, traditions that my family carried on.
2: Mm. Um, my friend group is mainly Americanized. But within the within the household of most of them, you can still hear the echoes from the original culture. Right. That's very cool. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Do you do you feel that religion is sort of going out of style? Like, do you do you feel like, where whatever you want to classify millennial culture or whatever you mm-hmm. want to classify as modern day culture, it just it does kind of feel like most people. are are sort of picking a team right someone i I was i was listening to a political show the other day and they said look if you're a red sox fan you're not going to become a yankees fan if the Sox lose 98 games one year like that's just not gonna happen right and so i feel like if you're on the religious team coming up right if you're in the minor leagues right and your team is religious more, than, more often than not, I feel like we're the outliers. Most people will stay religious. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also feel on the flip side, a lot of people who maybe were in between are definitely flocking towards not choosing religion. Are you finding that? And do you think that's sort of tied into what you're seeing out there with your audience?
2: So from my experience, in terms of people that I've met personally, uh, I would agree that people are are straying away from religion. Although I do have those, I do have friends who are deeply within religion. Um, but what I find is that people are—they're either consciously or unconsciously choosing their own forms of religion. So, I mean, for example, you know, a lot of millennials are addicted to their phones. Uh, so I would say, I mean, you—you. You We're going to get into social media. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: ahead,
2: in, in a from a certain perspective, you can you can say that Snapchat or Instagram or Twitter is a certain religion for people just because of how obsessive they are about it and, you know, how, how dogmatic they can be about, about topics within that realm. Yeah. I would um, disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would, I would say people, people end up choosing their own religions, especially min- millennials.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, wh- so religion wh- of convenience, yeah exactly exactly mm. so that's actually a great point um so zade you we you and i talk a lot about how discipline equals freedom right i mean you more mm. than me but a lot yes. of your tweets and a lot of your your posts that i read that's really the bottom line right like if you wouldn't have all these problems if you were more disciplined and True. you'd be more free if you were more disciplined that's that's really the crux of a lot of what you say how yes. much of Yeah. So how much of that is is tied into people picking the wrong religion, as it were? Because, you know, according to you, and we all agree, your religion could be Instagram. Well, that's not Mm -hmm. a very disciplined life, right? So you picked
1: according to what's not the best in in our definition. Well, what do you mean by Instagram, Josh? Because there's some people that are on Instagram that have a very disciplined, structured life that use it as 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 being role models. You know, and then there are other people that go on Instagram and just are in the audience and I don't know necessarily if they are as disciplined as the people they're looking at, which, okay, fine. But that could, that could be, you know, a role model thing. That's maybe the disconnect is stop looking and start doing, I don't know.
0: Yeah, totally. My my point is, you know, isn't it, aren't, aren't you finding that people just aren't picking the right religion for what's best for them?
2: Um, I would, for me personally, I would stray away from thinking about it in terms of right or wrong. Instead, I would think about it in terms of utility. Like, does it actually become useful to the person and is it actually healthy for them? Right. Um. But yeah, in, in, in regards to the self-discipline of choosing that, we'll, we'll call it healthier functional religion. Right. Um, you you have to have the self-discipline to introspect and to, you know, ask yourself the tough questions that nobody asks themselves. Like, is this healthy for me? Um, Are my behaviors aligning with my values? You know, Mm. things of that
0: nature. Mm. Behaviors aligning with values. That's deep. That's really good. Yeah. Uh, So, I I guess really the, the thing that, if, and this is the last point we'll have on, on, on this subtopic, but the thing that fascinates me the most is I find a lot of people talk about all the things they want. And I'm I'm talking about myself. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. anybody else. I'm just talking about myself. I talk a lot about the stuff I want. And a lot of times my behaviors don't map to my values, <clears throat> but the disconnect for me it's like a disconnect for me, like of what's in my heart and what's in my mind. Like I'll go through periods of losing motivation because I'll totally, mm. I'll totally lose focus of what I'm working on. Um, yeah. and then you told me something really powerful. You said, dude, if you just made it emotional, like if you just thought about what the future should look like, you'd have a deeper response to that. I'd love if you sort of expanded on that and sort of gave, gave the audience, um, you know, your answer on that. Cause I thought it was brilliant.
2: Yeah. So, so I found it fascinating because this is actually a common theme that a lot of my, a lot of my audience has. They keep asking me the question, you know, how do I stay motivated or how do I maintain my motivation? And when I, when I actually thought about it, it all came down to your vision. So if you have a powerful enough and emotional enough vision for what you want to be and what you want to create in the future, then you slowly start to realize that self-discipline, the lack of self-discipline ceases to become a problem,
1: right?
2: You're it just, not going to get there, being lazy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It just comes naturally to you. So I would say I, I posted a tweet, I think two days ago. I, I, I believe it was self-discipline is the bridge that connects your dreams to accomplishments. I believe that's how it went. <sighs> yeah, that was that's really good. smart. I like that. Yeah yeah so so it's all about the vision the vision is is key right
0: it it it, it just it goes from visceral to emotional and exactly. for me i'm just a very i'm just a very logical human like if you talk to me in spreadsheets i'm happy you know if there's if there <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like not if there's, <laughs> do not talk yeah, to me in yeah. spreadsheets <laughs> you know if there's data and you have something to say that's just how i think like I, i'm just about where's the data and john you can speak to this right i mean we, we're scientists, right? We, we were joined mean, to it science is, it is for that for,
1: reason. But right? for me, it's more of a, what my professional self is and what my personal self is. My professional self will approach something with, look at the data. What's the best outcome? What do the studies say? Uh, yeah. Well, the data, these data, whatever. Uh, but um, my personal self's like, I don't care, man. I'm functioning 110% all day. So when I'm regressed to myself, I just kind of want to exist. I don't know if that's a lazy that makes, outlook, yeah, makes a lot but of i'm sense. just i'm just me for me i'm uh i need to have my identity not in my job but my job be part of who i am because my job is pretty demanding all day so i need mm. time to unwind and for me maybe i'm just stupid but the data can speak you know and say one two million things but i just want to kind of kick back and disconnect and i think there's a lot of um there are a lot of millennials that feel that way and that they want to just kick back and disconnect. But the issue is they're disconnecting maybe in incorrect ways. And by disconnecting yeah. and saying like, Oh, I need to, you know, go to the club. Oh, I need to go get high. I need to go, you know, do X, Y, and Z that end up being deleterious and toxic. And that's their disconnect instead of finding a, a healthy outlet and disconnect, which it seems to be kind of what your whole MO is online.
2: I would agree. Yeah, that, that's definitely a, a big, you know, the the amount of the amount of people, especially my peers who disconnect in unhealthy ways. Right. It's, it's honestly shocking because I see it firsthand.
0: Why do you um, think that is?
2: I, I partly think, I think it's a, it's a multifactorial thing. One is that they don't know how to, how to disconnect in a health, in a healthy manner. Two is that Everyone just does the same thing. They just follow suit.
1: True. There's a lot of following culture going on. Yes. A lot more followers than probably there used to be before. I don't know. There's just a lot of.
2: Yeah, it's it's sorry to interrupt, but it's really interesting that to see the the whole dynamic play Mm -hmm. out in person, because I see someone who wants to go a certain way, but then because three or four other people are going this way, they have to follow follow Mm -hmm. suit and, you know, lead in that direction
0: so and that's a good segue for the uh second half of the show which is social media i mean dude this really? is such a big topic for john and i, I mean we every, it seems like every episode we 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 Talk about a subtopic, and in, inevitably and invariably, the road leads back to social media. So this is this is the eight thousand pound gorilla. What is it, John?
1: Oh yeah, how large is this gorilla? <laughs> how large is the gorilla, Zaid?
0: You tell us. How large is the gorilla in the room?
1: Take a guess. I mean,
2: I, I would say over seventeen tons, <laughs> just as a, as a random guess. So I, I
0: don't. We we don't even know what the answer is because there's conflicting evidence, but <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. The, the the big gorilla in the room tells us that social media is making people unhappy. It's it's really, really, really hard. Study after study, it's, it's, it's really hard to dispute the fact that the follower culture, the group thing culture, it contributes to really bad levels of sort of comparability. It allows you to mm. compare yourself to others all the time when you should only be comparing you to yourself. Mm. Your thoughts on that, man? Are you finding that it is contributing to unhappiness? Let's just start at the top
2: with the way that most people are using it i would i would definitely agree um you know suicide rates are up especially uh, among millennials and young people uh depression anxiety you know the list goes on um, absolutely but yeah i would i would definitely agree that that most people don't use it in a healthy manner to go back to that that phrase you know
0: all right. Let's talk about healthy manners while we're here. I mean, it's always a good question to ask smart people like you, you know, what is healthy? How do we use it healthily? How do we make it less toxic?
2: <laughs> the funny, the funny part is that I'm on Twitter literally almost all the time. You are.
0: So, that's why you're yeah, a great I mean, person to ask. <laughs>
1: well, find so, yeah, a healthy exactly. role model. That's all you got to do, right? <laughs> you, uh, you are yeah. who you follow, no? Yeah, that that's a big, that's a, that's a big factor.
2: Um, I, You know, I would come into this with a different approach than most people. I would start the way I would create a healthy relationship with technology and social media is I would focus more on hobbies and on the skills that you would like to master or that you you are already good at. So as an example, you know, I've been playing soccer for 18 years and soccer is one of those things where I just it allows me to disconnect from everything. So, you know, I'm not thinking about I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Snapchat. I'm not thinking about what's happening tomorrow. I'm just purely in the present moment and I'm focused on what needs to get done there. So I would say for most people, start getting into your hobbies or start become start becoming more start becoming more excellent at the things that you are already good at.
1: Right. Yeah. So find your natural talent and then make it your hobby.
2: And then, you know, become obsessed with that and naturally, naturally you will start to put the phone down. You will start to create a healthy relationship with it. Mm.
0: And that's a great point. And I would even take it a step further. I, I think to talk about let's, you know, we do spend a lot of time talking about what's bad about social media. But here's what's good about social media. If you loved playing soccer or if you loved playing Scrabble, whatever it is, you can literally talk about that on the Internet and you can monetize It's possible to monetize anything if you have an audience and you can just talk about the different scrabble boards or the way, you know, the different combination, whatever it is, right? There's an audience for that. There's people who want to watch that. And so I think that just if you just went to what you loved, eventually it would lead to great things. And that's good about social media.
2: 100% agree. And, you know, the fact is literally you can make money doing anything these days. (laughs) Like I for for example, I make a portion of my income writing words online. So I put my thoughts mm-hmm. onto digital paper, and I make money from that. So you can literally you can literally make money doing anything these
0: days. Wow, that's incredible. So it, you that, just gotta have
1: good thoughts. Exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or not? I don't know. Maybe. Or
1: not maybe, have bad thoughts. I bet you. Maybe some you people out there. Yeah. You're yeah. a troll yeah trolls are successful nevertheless yeah. right so that's
0: true that's true. <laughs> that's true right there's always someone who might think something's a good idea that's what's crazy about the internet you it's know
2: it's beautiful i i wouldn't i wouldn't want to be alive in any other time so yeah for sure
0: in. that was my next that was for my sure. next question uh, john i'm gonna let you take this one but this this is my next question a lot of people say that they would rather live in other times but if you if you pick up any book just on history on world history it is an indisputable fact that you will find that there has never in the history of, of of that. We can account for less disease, less death by war, less death by hunger. I mean, the numbers are staggering. Yeah.
1: And so there's no better but, time to be alive.
0: There's literally literally again. We love data. No better time to be alive. Why do you think so many people think the opposite of that?
2: Well, honestly, it goes back. I think it goes back to those unhealthy behaviors and Mm -hmm. what kind of mentality that actually breeds within them. So I think because people are so weighed down by their dysfunctional behaviors, they resort to dysfunctional thinking naturally. Yeah. And then, you know, that just leads them off into that rabbit hole of negativity. And, you know, it just goes off infinitum from there.
1: Yeah, well that and historically the toxicity of the environment has changed. Uh so before it would literally be that you can't find food, so that's your biggest, you know, issue in terms of your survival and success. And now it's like I don't have enough followers, I don't have enough friends or whatever, not I don't have enough likes. That's my down my, you know, my downfall to my lack of success or putting proverbial food on my plate. So that's what the, I mean the stressors have changed, but you just keep yeah. moving down the line of what the next problem is okay now we have food okay well now what's the issue now the issue is you know we need electricity okay now we have electricity you know and you keep moving but the problems change you know and as we said i think in our last recording the problems and and triumphs and tribulations that your parents had are not the same that your grandparents had which are not the same as your great-grandparents and they're not going to be the same as your kids and their kids you know it's 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 an always changing target that you got to be shooting at to try to hit success
2: absolutely and and as you mentioned, Josh, history people do not have perspective, they don't mm-hmm. actually study mm-hmm. history yeah. you know i mean i don't I don't physically pick up a book or a history book and read it instead i I pop in a podcast, for example, Dan Carlin oh,
1: I love yeah. Dan Carlin absolutely it's oh, yeah. such
2: a wonderful podcast, but yeah, you know, yeah. I just listen to that on a walk,
1: yeah
0: yeah that stuff is amazing mm-hmm. uh, the the best run I ever had in my life was on a Dan Carlin podcast, and like forevermore, <laughs> I have this relationship with dan Carlin and i I don't listen to it enough, but the it's it's sort of like if i if I played a song for you that like you you and your high school girlfriend you know you know yeah. would would, yeah. would hang out to all of a sudden you'd think about that, so I have that yeah, relationship with Dan sure. Carlin absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think we all do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So the other thing I wanted to ask, um, some, something we talked about on the last podcast was crown molding makes bitches. Mm. And what, what I mean by that is generally, if you look at kids who grew up in homes with crown molding, they're kind of soft. There's definitely a correlation and correlation does not equal causation, but there's definitely a correlation. Um, so have you found, I know you're from Newport beach, which is just definitely a, you know, upper echelon area. Do you find mm-hmm. that, you know, in, in your surroundings? And if so, how do you combat that? Cause we're all ambitious. We all want to have crown molding and, you know, we all want children, I think. So, you know, how do yeah. you balance that? Uh,
2: especially, yeah, I do. I do agree that there is, there is a lot of softness going on, especially among young people. Um, from my experience it doesn't manifest well, it does manifest in terms of like the obvious softness, like, you know, you complain a lot, so on and so forth. But it mainly I mainly see it in idealistic thinking. Mm-hmm. Like for example, I see I see quote unquote entrepreneurs talking about how they're going to do something big, but you know, when it comes down to No action actually exactly, exactly <laughs> yep. no action whatsoever. And I have seen that personally, but that, that's just a small example of how I how I have perceived, you know, softness within the environment. Yeah,
1: no, I agree. And it makes it so much easier to talk now. And <coughs> yeah, and, and even the mere fact that we're doing this is kind of, you know, obviously, Josh and I always express the, the <laughs> hilarity of it because it's so ironic. <laughs> we, make, that, we make fun of it and we're we just kill and it. we're doing it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. that's what we do. Yeah. But yeah. everyone has a microphone, you know, and everyone has a platform to 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 say to talk. But. How much more valuable is it when it's backed up? And I think we need exactly. more action afterwards. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
2: And, you know, we we've all been we've all been victim to that. But, you know, you grow and mm-hmm. you learn. No,
1: ex- no, exactly. For sure. For sure. That's the yeah. whole point is, you know, to, to say that you're without fault, it would be grossly erroneous. You have to reflect and, and look at your shortcomings or whatever and and what you've been, you know, sort of fallen trappings of and, and change and compare, you know, who you were to who you are to where you want to be. And, uh, Absolutely. you know, there's always room for growth and change and you're your captain of your own ship. So don't let it sink. So, so Zay, exactly. you're talking
0: to someone who I admire most, John, about, about literally having a goal and accomplishing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, John, I'm going to, I'm going to embarrass you by telling you this story just because I think that people need to hear it. And I think that you would be inspired by it. Let's do it. Um mm-hmm. I John I met John uh in a cla- in a class that we took to take um the DAT test the dental test. Um and and John you you could tell this part of the story, right? You had a less than stellar college career, right?
1: Yeah, that? that was because I was uh I didn't know what I wanted to do uh mm-hmm. and I uh, didn't have a clear goal and that goes back to what we said earlier is in terms of to to have a goal and to have a vision. And then put action behind it. So, so John, uh, my my whole sort of MO is uh, I'm not the biggest planner. I'm not the biggest, you know, see 10 feet down the road kind of guy, but I'm definitely one that once the task comes my way to just put my heart and soul and all into it and then find the next one and do the same and do the same and do the same and climb the next step and the next step and the next step. And that's kind of how I work. I don't know. I don't plan things out very much. But so, I just yeah. so, John, to so
0: John's this brilliant guy who has, you know, to do really well on this test because he doesn't have the best grades in college, right? Would you say that's fair, John? I don't, that's I don't, fair.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. that's fine. So he shows no up problems, man. about it.
0: Yeah, he shows up, dude, and he just dominates the course. Like he's like the LeBron yeah. James of the course. Like he just totally <laughs> devours it. He's driving two and a half hours to come to the class. Like he's the star of the show and he aces the test. I mean, 99th percentile, you know, the thing that I admire most about him, man. He he mm. wrecked the test, and now he's going to be an oral surgeon. Like literally, he's going to be at the top of his game, and I, I want the people to hear that story um, because A, I admire him as one of my greatest friends, and B, that's what you can do if you really believe in something. And he really believed in it. He believed in it more than me, and then that's why he got there. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And it goes back to what you were saying about making it emotional.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean the 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 belief aspect is such is such an underrated part of achievement. I I know that I know that there are a lot of authors who focus on belief and you know self empowerment and mm-hmm. the whole subconscious aspect. But in terms of the people, my my audience personally does not understand. Like most of them do not understand that it all stems from your belief. It all stems with the self belief.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And you know I just think that that's a message that really needs to be shared more and more.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, last question I have for you. Yep. Something, I, this is a personal question, something I struggle with. I don't know if the word is permission, but may, look, we'll call it permission. So something I admire about you, Zaid, is you sell your thoughts, right? You say, look, here's what I think. Most of it is free and some of it is not free. Um, I admire yeah. Man's got to eat. Absolutely. I dude, <laughs> course, I believe in course. the market. I believe in the hustle. Like I believe that, you know, we can get into the, my market capitalism another time, but absolutely. I'm a fan of the market. Um, how do you, I, I guess the question is, how do you give yourself permission to do that? Because for me, I feel like most people, I feel like 10 people in the world are smart enough to say things. Like I personally don't feel like I'm smart enough to have an opinion. Even though yeah. I think I'm an intelligent person, I still think that there's so many people who are smarter than me who I should be listening to. How do you balance that and do you find that is a struggle for you as well?
2: So, you know, I, I take a lot of inspiration from I'm not I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with him on Twitter, but his name's Jose Ros- Rosado. Yeah, are you yeah, familiar yeah. with him? Yeah, not through enough. you. Serious. No. Yeah. yeah, so he has you know, I came across one of his ideas where I mean you know he's been successful in the online realm you know he's he's yeah. been he's created himself as an authority figure, yeah, but he talks about being shameless in in sharing your products and sharing your value mm-hmm. mm. so it really comes down to being shameless you just have to i mean send out the link, you know make the product um you know, send traffic to your, to your website. You just have to do it regardless of how you feel. And that's, you know, that's where the self-discipline also kicks in.
0: Right. So you're saying it is there, but you should ignore it like that feeling.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, honestly, that, that would be a limiting belief. Mm -hmm. And the only way to get through a limiting belief is to, I think, well, I think there are multiple ways, but mainly to power through it and to actually do the thing that you don't think that you can do. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: You use the term limiting belief. What what, what do you mean by that?
2: So, for example, we all have these we all have these glass ceilings that, you know, we, we come upon on or we come across. And those those glass ceilings prevent us from getting to the next level. Right. And, you know, what we have to do is we have to become aware of those limiting beliefs and then. My my main approach to breaking through that glass ceiling is to just power through it, to just break it. Mm -hmm. Sure. And if I force, yeah, if I can show myself that I'm able to do something that I previously didn't believe that I could do, then the whole game changes. And then you can just do that. You know,
1: where do you think those glass ceilings come from? Because they seem like they're self-imposed. But, you know, where is it? Insecurity? Is it fear of failure? What what, what do you think uh, contributes to them?
2: I would say I would say a countless number of places, um, mainly from childhood, I would assume, mm. mainly from, you know, family dynamics, the, the limiting beliefs that others impose on you and that you just you just took on yourself unconsciously. Mm. I, would, I would say, yeah, mainly, mainly just
1: things family. that were instilled on you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Johnny, have anything else? I'm
1: just taken back by it. I, I just love John, this. John is. I'm just riding the wave, man. Uh, honestly, <laughs> wherever it goes, I go, and I don't care. That's kind of like I said, going back to where I am, you know, professionally, and it's it's very structured, it's very regimented. So when I am myself, my non-professional self, I guess quote unquote, you could say whatever that means. I, I just like to, to just just spitball, and see where it goes. So I guess by the it's my- good. Yeah, go ahead.
2: By the way, sorry to interrupt, but I, I would like to mention one thing especially for the audience, start to do the things that make you uncomfortable. Yeah,
1: yeah so, absolutely. You know, absolutely.
2: Li- this is literally my first podcast interview. And, you know, in the beginning, I didn't feel, I, you know, I felt a bit anxious, but I got through it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's going well.
1: You're a natural. Yeah, absolutely. Drug. No, man, this is great. It's, and You're that, a natural that's, speaker. Yeah, you should have nothing absolutely. Away. Appreciate it. Yeah. So yeah. the things point. that make you uncomfortable. That's true. And you don't want to do That's That's where growth comes in. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: My last point is this, um, just hearing that you understand, like that you're, that you're empathetic to that feeling, I think really helped me just hearing that. So part of what, why we do the show is because we feel like maybe all the stuff that's trivial to us is useful to somebody else. Mm. Um, and I, I think that people need to heed that advice. I think that if you're out there and you have a thought, share your thought, even though empirically, maybe there are people who have better thoughts somebody might find value in your thoughts, no matter how, mm-hmm. yeah. no matter how trivial they may seem to you. And I, I just feel like that's a good parting message. And, and that's, that's why we do the show. And I'm so happy to have you on and, and have you, uh, share, share more thoughts.
2: Yeah. You know, each, each and every single one of us is at a different level of growth. Yeah. So you, you do not know where someone else is at. So just share your message. Just, yeah, just mm-hmm. be be prolific, be relentless. Share your message.
0: Where can the people find you? G- give us the plug. You know, how, Absolutely. how can people connect with you? How can they buy your stuff? Um,
2: so Instagram, Twitter. It's going to be at Zader Z I Z A I D E R R R. That's three R's. Um, and you know, just through those two platforms, you'll find everything else that I do.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule because you're a very you seem like a very, very motivated person. You're uh, 23 years old. 22, 22 22 That's awesome. Yeah, man. So it's good that there's there's, there's a slight 30. age difference. Exactly. Josh is turning 30. I'm in my late 20s, but it's good to hear that, you know, 10 years down the line, younger people are uh, sort of agreeing and have this sort of motivation and and similar thoughts. So there is hope, I guess, which is Yeah, dude.
0: Thing. we we bash young people a lot. So it's really great to have mm-hmm. you on, man, and sort of give us hope. Really, honestly, man. It's pretty, pretty lit. <laughs> it's pretty lit. Yeah, we <laughs> What did I? What did we say? That's woke of you. It's I woke. said that's super woke, and John yeah. was like, "What did you just say? What does that mean?" <laughs> dude, my brother-in-law, he's like twenty. Dude, he says words I don't know what he what what the hell he's talking about. Like I, I don't. He says that's the gas. I don't know if that's good or bad. Like I have yeah, no see,
1: idea. <laughs> strong weed. That's strong weed. That's what gas is, bro. No, dude, I
0: think gas is good. I, I think the <laughs> verdict was gas is good. Sorry, Zay, go
2: ahead. I mean, even I don't know some of these terms. Like I don't know where they're they're. You know, manufacturing them from, but it's just you have to keep up with it nonstop.
0: <laughs> All right, man. This podcast was the gas. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> appreciate so much, it, guys. Take care, have dude. Have a lunches. great Saturday. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.